North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog. Talk Radio. Hey there, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. I am Dr. Lauren Noel, your host. So great to have you joining me for another show. And tonight we're talking about my favorite topic, and that is poop. I love talking about this mostly because it makes people feel really uncomfortable, but also because it's super important and you can learn a lot about you by what your poop is looking like and all about your digestive health. Huge, huge connection between your mood and your digestive system, your hormones, your detox, your energy, all of that is so connected to your gut. And we'll be diving into that tonight with Dr. Carrie Drizga. Very excited to have her on the show. But before I introduce her a bit further, just want to give you a few announcements. So first couple announcements here are for people local in San Diego. If you are in the San Diego area, I want to invite you to a couple events coming up that will be really, really fun. The first one is called The Secret Table. This is on April 4th at 6 o'clock. It's a Saturday night. And this is an event that's put on by a good friend of mine, Pablo Fernandez. He is an amazing chef, and he is so inspired by community and just bringing people together. And so he's created this amazing uh, culinary experience where he creates really healthy, delicious foods, and and he announces the location uh, of the event the day of, hence the name The Secret Table. And he hosts these events, these beautiful, um, beautiful homes, oftentimes they're overlooking the ocean and so I'll be there, and, and my clinic, Shine Natural Medicine, will be sponsoring it. We'll have some some fun things, um, fun gifts for that. So if you're in the San Diego area, check it out. The website to sign up is called secrettable.co, secrettable.co, and that's on April 4th at 6 o'clock. So I'd love to see you. Also, if you are local in the San Diego area, um, Shine Natural Medicine, which is my clinic, we've uh, joined forces with uh, a local company called Beaming. Actually, Beaming is no really, they're not really not local anymore. They're an amazing superfoods and vitality bar, and they're putting on a month-long cleanse um, special for the month of April. And so we're going to be joining forces with them. And so if you sign up for their cleanse program, you get um, a bunch of special perks through through their their um their business. So and it's local companies here in San Diego. So you can check them out at livebeaming.com. And um I know for the clinic we're offering one free shine shot, which is our our um our custom B vitamin shot plus half off an IV treatment during the month of April. So that's pretty cool stuff. Lots of fun. I know we talked a lot about IV nutrition. So intravenous nutrition on the show. I'm a huge believer in it. It's so powerful. So that that's a fun program. Um to join in on. Also, for, for those of you who are not local, um, Paleo FX, that is coming up. That's an amazing paleo event with speakers and um, a lot of you know bloggers and just people who are really um, involved in the paleo community and ancestral health. That is coming up um, in April. And I'll, I'll be speaking on, I think it's April 24th in the morning, that's a Friday, on superfoods, how to really elevate your paleo diet in the superfoods kind of world. So I'll be sharing my favorite superfoods to add to your diet. And uh, you can learn more about that at paleofx.com. So I look forward to seeing you guys there. Also, if you're listening to the live show, I know most of you tend to listen to the recorded show on iTunes, but if you are listening live, you're welcome to call and ask a question on the show. And the number for that is 818 
And I, if you guys have noticed, I'm doing my show on on Wednesdays right now because I recently um, joined a leadership program that's happening on Tuesdays. So that's why I'm doing the the shows on Wednesdays for you who want to catch the live shows. So on to tonight's show. We have Dr. Carrie Drizga on the show. She is known as the functional medicine doc. She is the go-to expert on finding the root causes of health problems so you can feel normal again. She's a chiropractor and naturopathic doctor, and she's the host of the popular podcast, The Functional Medicine Radio Show, which I've actually been a guest on. It was lots of fun. And she is an author of she's the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your Fatigue with Natural Treatments. Dr. Carey's newest program is Entrepreneurial Fatigue. How to Fuel Your Brain and Body for Entrepreneurial Success. I love that title. I totally resonate with that. Her private practice is Functional Medicine Ontario, located in located in Ottawa, Ontario. Dr. Carrie, we're so grateful to have you on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm so good. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. We had just a light dusting of snow today, and I hope it's the last one. Oh, wow. It's like um, 72 here. I'm sorry to hear that. I know. <laughs> Rub it in, right? I hate you. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, some people love that whole seasons thing. We don't really get that in San Diego, but if you like that sort of thing, that's awesome. <laughs> and and <laughs> remind me, what, what time zone are you in there? Is it central time or eastern? Yeah, we are in eastern time zone, so okay. it's 9 o'clock for me right now. Wow. Well, thank you for, for accommodating and um, you know coming on the show. I appreciate that. And I won't keep you too long so you can get some good sleep tonight. But I would love to hear more about you know, you know your personal story. Um, I know I got to be a guest on your show, so I was the, the highlighted star of that. But now it's your turn to come on mine, and I would love to hear you know a little bit more about you. Like what, what brought you into this form of medicine, and did you have your own kind of health journey with this? Give us, give us a little bit of that insight kind of story. Oh, I'd be happy to share that with you. So as I was growing up, I always knew that I really wanted to help people. And I knew that I wanted to be involved in healthcare in some capacity. But I knew that I did not want to be a medical doctor and I did not want to be a nurse. And I guess part of that is just I did not want the stressful hours um, that those two professions come with. But I didn't really know beyond that what was available. And It's actually kind of funny. I was working at my local library at the time, shelving books, and across my cart came a book about chiropractic. And I checked it out, and I read it cover to cover, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this sounds so cool, being able to heal people with my hands by treating their spine. And that's actually how I learned about chiropractic, because before that I had no clue what a chiropractor was. I had never seen one. And I I had uh, enrolled in chiropractic school. And then once I was in practice for a while, I started uh, I started getting a little bit frustrated. I guess some of this comes from me personally, like I'm a Leo by nature. So when some patients don't get better, I get frustrated, and I, and I always want to know why. What am I mm-hmm. missing? And so I started learning about nutrition and detoxification, allergies and sensitivities, and then it just got to the point where I was like, you know, I really just need to get a naturopathic degree because that means I'll be able to practice functional medicine the way that I really want to practice it and be able to treat patients and have the practice of my dreams. So 
15 years into my chiropractic practice, I ended up going back to school and uh, and got my degree in naturopathic medicine. And so that's a, a little bit about my journey. And, and as I was going through school, um, that's when my fatigue really hit me. And, and that's the impetus for me writing my book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again, was as I was going through school, I was I was living in Chicago, but I was still trying to maintain my private practice in Canada. So I was like in class 30 hours a week, plus studying and exams. And I mean, you know what all of that is like going through um, naturopathic school. And then flying back and forth to Canada to still try and maintain a practice. I was the epitome of burning the candle at both ends. And I knew all of the stress I was putting my body under was the real cause of my fatigue. And once I graduated and passed my board exams, I was like, oh, okay, now I can just take some time off, rest and relax and recuperate, and everything will be back to normal. And, and the reality is three months went by, and I slept like 10 hours a night and two-hour naps every day, and my fatigue did not get better. And that's when I really turned the tables on myself and started applying functional medicine to myself. Even though doctors were not really supposed to treat ourselves technically, um, I, that's what I did. And uh, figured out the root underlying cause of my fatigue. And, and one of the biggest factors ended up being my brain and trying to get my brain chemistry into better balance. And that ended up being one of the biggest uh, things that fixed my fatigue in the end. Fascinating. What were some specific things that you did for your brain, if you don't mind sharing that with us? That's that's really interesting. Well, along my journey, I started with treating my adrenals. So I did a saliva test, and I bet a lot of your listeners are familiar with saliva testing or they've heard about it. Mm-hmm. tested myself for my uh, cortisol and DHEA, DHEA levels, which were terrible. And <laughs> uh, I went on a gluten-free diet. And, and that those two things helped, you know, slightly. And then I tested my poop and mm-hmm. uh, did a comprehensive stool test, and I found out that I had a parasite. And I treated that and got a little bit better after that. And then it wasn't really until I, it wasn't really until I focused on my brain, and uh, what I did there's a, there's a series of tests called uh, MTO testing or monoamine transporter optimization testing. It's a real mouthful. <laughs> um, and once I started uh, treating my brain with uh, specific amino acid therapies, it was like within a week all the lights turned back on. It was like all my neurons were firing again. It was just amazing. So it was a journey, and with most people, it's a journey. It's not just one thing that's going to, like, fix everything. It's a step-by-step process. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about, you know, what we're going to talk about with the show is how two seemingly unrelated systems are so connected with the gut and the brain, you know, and and there's doctors who treat the gut, so gastroenterologists, there's doctors who treat the brain, neurologists, and oftentimes those doctors don't really talk to each other in that kind of way or you know the gastroenterologists don't read the neurology textbooks or, or the uh, you know journals and the studies and then vice versa so it, it, but there's so much of a connection between these two systems and it sounds like that's really what made the biggest difference for you when you looked at the body as a whole right yes 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's really cool. And I know that, that um, you know, I really resonate with that story because so much of what I do with my practice are things that I experience for myself. And it's actually interesting, your story, too. Um, Dr. Larson in my office, he was also a chiropractor for about 15 years and then went back to school to become a naturopathic doctor because same thing with you, he wanted to bring in this whole, you know, whole kind of, um, you know, functional medicine into the practice. And he did the same thing. He treated patients in um, California and, and went to school in Arizona. So that is just crazy. That's that's like major dedication. So <laughs> kudos to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's, um, you know, I know a lot of my listeners are just kind of the general population. I know some of them are, are you know, students, some of them are doctors. So, but I always like to start with basics. So for people listening, when we say gut health, like what does that mean exactly? Are we talking about just the intestines? Are we talking about the stomach? Like what's that? Just quickly, let's, let's just go over what that means to start. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a great place to start because a lot of people aren't sure what the gut is. And, you know, the gut is not a technical scientific term. And uh, I think for the most part, a lot of healthcare professionals will agree that the gut is the small intestine and the large intestine and would also include the stomach. And I would suspect that some healthcare practitioners would say that anything from the mouth to your other end, it's all considered the gut because digestion really starts in your mouth. So that's what I would say the gut is. And and how in the heck is the gut affected by the brain and, and, and how does the gut affect the brain? I mean, how is that even a possible connection? Oh, that's another great question. So actually the gut is considered the second brain. And and there's a whole book written about this by, I think it's Dr. Gerber who wrote Mm -hmm. that. It's called (laughs) The Second Brain, Gut the Second (laughs) Brain. And um, the gut has a a nervous system that is uh, complete and full and separate from your central nervous system and actually has more neurons than your brain has. And in the gut, there are different neurotransmitters or brain chemicals that are made, serotonin and dopamine and uh, GABA, for example. And uh, one of the other big components with the gut is that um, bacteria, the bacteria, the good bacteria, friendly bacteria known as probiotics, a lot of that has been in the news these days about the amazing capabilities of this uh, these good friendly bacteria that live within us and we have about a hundred trillion bacteria living in us and on us and that's actually more bacteria than we have cells in our body so one of the things that uh, they think is that uh, how this uh, gut and brain uh, scenario starts is that I guess if we if we go back to the basics that our first dose of bacteria or probiotics really happens when we're being born and technically by that I mean uh, a vaginal birth when when we're traveling through the vaginal canal we are getting smeared all on our body in our eyes and our ears and our mouth up our nose everywhere with probiotics that are living in the vagina and that's our first dose of bacteria that we get and one of the things that 
scientists are considering is that with the rapid increase in uh, cesarean sections is that those babies are are not getting getting that first dose of probiotics and is there some kind of a connection between that and anxiety and depression because they're not getting that initial dose of probiotics so so that's a very interesting concept and in that those bacteria that live within us all well, they serve many different purposes they they're important for our digestive tract it's it's a big part of our immune system it has an an impact on our hormones our especially estrogen levels in women and uh some of the other things that some of the research is showing is that and and I guess some of this has been more like in the in the media is that actually probiotics uh are, are they've been finding that they're a key factor in obesity and weight gain as well so there's a big impact that these little critters have on our overall health I think it's so so interesting so fascinating and and I know that they're even, you know, using bacteria to help with anxiety or depression. And this is something I, I use a lot in my practice. I find that it really does make a difference if, you know, let's say someone has had just a crazy history of antibiotics or birth control pills or, you know, gut infections, and we get their flora balanced, oftentimes it really does show up as improvement with their mood. So are you finding this, like that probiotics are helping with anxiety and depression, and, and how is this even happening? Absolutely, and you brought up some key points on on who who might be the the people that are being affected by this. So there's lots of different causes for anxiety and depression, and in naturopathic medicine, we're always trying to treat the cause. So you mentioned uh, poor diet, lots of antibiotics, history of using birth control pills. All of those things can impact the bacteria living within you. And then some other things that I can add to that is that if you have a history of taking acid-blocking medication, even if it's just popping Tums on a daily basis, that is going to have an effect on the bacteria in a bad way. Mm -hmm. And the other one is um, people that use a lot of painkillers or um, anti-inflammatory medications for arthritis, for headaches, for migraines, for whatever, they are also the ones at risk um, of having an imbalanced uh, bacteria living within them. And so maybe that maybe that will help some of your listeners understand, like, who who of them out there that are suffering with anxiety or depression, which which of those people could it be that it's coming from the bacteria that's living inside of them? Yeah. So I wanted to share with you one of the um, studies. You know, a lot of the studies that are out there, I'm sure you know this, uh, a, a lot of them are done on rats and mice. Mm-hmm. And there there are not a lot of human studies, but I was able to pull up two. So there was one study where they did uh, they did a 30-day trial of uh, two types of probiotic bacteria, bifidobacteria and lactobacillus, very common bacteria to find. And what they found was after taking these bacteria for 30 days, 
that it helped with depression and anxiety and hostility and anger, and it even improved uh, problem-solving skills. And then there was another study that was I, I was able to find, and what they did um, was they studied patients with chronic fatigue, and as you know, I'm all about fatigue, mm-hmm. and uh, what they did was they gave those patients a 60-day trial of lactobacillus casei, and what they found is that they had much less anxiety as compared to the placebo group. Wow. So we have two two studies that were done on humans that showed a definite correlation between using good, friendly bacteria and helping with mood. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure people listening are thinking, okay, great, I'm going to have a bunch more yogurt, right? So is this what we're talking about, having yogurt? Or is this like something as a supplement? You know, what what kind of, you know, the amount of probiotics, you know, what, what should they be looking for? So that's a really good question. And although yogurt contains some probiotics, it's not a lot. You know, we have to we have to keep in mind that yogurt gets, Flash pasteurized, which basically kills the majority of, or all, flash pasteurization actually kills everything. And then they add a sprinkling of probiotics after that so that they could, you know, stamp it as having probiotics and sell it at a higher price, unfortunately. Um, But for these types of studies, um, you're basically looking at taking a probiotic supplement. And... uh, the different studies they used between six and a half billion uh, to twenty four billion uh, CFUs. So that's how probiotics are measured. They're not measured in milligrams. They're called CFUs, which stand for colony forming units. So in this research, it was between six and a half to twenty four billion, which mm. is quite easy to find in a typical probiotic supplement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can easily find that at Whole Foods or any kind of Whole Foods store. Okay, cool. Let's dive into, you know, the specific kind of infections. You know, I know that you probably test this a lot in your practice, and I'm I'm doing stool testing with patients daily, um, testing for things like candida and parasites and, you know, H. pylori infections and on and on. So looking at anxiety and depression specifically, um, and I know yeast and candida, that could be a potential connection, right? So is that is that something you're seeing, that, that anxiety and depression could be a sign of candida? It can be. So sometimes we have to think about, is it the chicken or is it the egg? Is it the candida right. that's causing the, the uh, anxiety or is the anxiety creating stress, which is creating candida? Sometimes it's hard to know, but I was able to dig up another uh, case study And what they did is they had a patient that was loaded up with candida. So, again, candida is a type of a yeast, very common to get after a round of antibiotics. You know, a lot of, you know, from a female perspective, uh, a lot of women will end up with a vaginal yeast infection after a round of antibiotics. And when that happens, I I say, wow, that's, you're quite lucky because you found your infection because what a lot of a lot of times what happens is people will end up with a yeast infection but they won't they won't know about it. It will just be in their intestines for years and years. 
just slowly creating chaos. And so this case study, what they did was uh, they got rid of the yeast infection, the candida infection, and there was a tremendous amount of improvement in mood. And what they think is that getting rid of the yeast meant getting rid of the toxins that the yeast was giving off and that that helped with uh, mood and brain health and inflammation. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely uh, some kind of connection, and I've seen it in my practice, and I know you've seen it in your practice too, that we do stool testing, we find an infection, and we eradicate it, and the patient gets better. And And so I think if you are suffering with chronic yeast or chronic candida, that that could definitely be... Uh, part of what's causing anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. So for people listening, if you if you haven't done testing to see, I mean, the clues that you could potentially have some candida going on would be if you're getting, um, you know, if you have like a white coat on your tongue, if you really, really crave breads and sugars a lot, and maybe you're getting some, um, some itching, like some anal itching going on. Those would be just a few little clues, but um, or if you've, again, like we say, if you've had a bunch of antibiotics and since then you've noticed maybe like a vaginal yeast infection or some digestive problems after that, those would be some clues. But ideally you want to get tested, but those are some things you can, you know, you can look for. Um, also, I know a lot of times uh, comfort food includes sugary stuff, right? So you're feeling depressed and then you want to reach for some ice cream or some chocolate and just load up on that. Well, just know that that may actually worsen the problem because that could continue to promote that candida overgrowth. So just, uh, you know, maybe questioning the next time you want to sit on the couch and have a, you know, Bridget Jones diary kind of, (laughs) kind of session. (laughs) Um, So let's dive a little bit into um, the the brain affecting the gut. I think it's really interesting how it can actually work the opposite way, right? Like we, we, we've been talking a bit about how the gut affects the brain. You have an infection, you're going to have more anxiety, depression, but how about the opposite? So how can the gut or how can the brain actually affect the gut health in that direction? So I guess just as you said, um, a lot of people, if they have anxiety or depression, that creates a certain amount of stress and stress will throw the cortisol off in your body and that will have a trickle down effect on the gut health. And um, I guess the most significant is that when cortisol levels get out of balance, um, what happens is your first line of immune defense, your secretory IgA, which is your your basic, uh, your main first immune defense on all your mucous membranes, including the lining, the entire lining of your digestive tract, that defense gets weakened, and then that will put you at more risk for developing an infection whether it's yeast or parasites or uh, bacterial overgrowth. Mm-hmm. So that's one way that the, the, the whole vicious cycle can start. Again, sometimes it's a, is it the chicken or is it the egg? Which, which came first? Yeah, very, very much connected. So um, <laughs> my assistant said uh, earlier, because I was asking the girls at the clinic, you guys have any suggestions for questions for the show? And, and one of my, I won't say which assistant so we don't, you know, put it out there, but she said, what happens if you have a leaky gut and you do nothing about it? And I think it's a great question because we hear about leaky gut and all the, you know, potential connections, but, you know, what if someone has leaky gut and they do nothing about it at all and it just continues? What are some downstream effects? 
So first let's talk about what is a leaky gut because maybe some of your listeners are familiar with it and maybe some are not. So basically if we think about our intestines like a long pipeline because that's basically what it is. It's just one long pipe. And if we poked a bunch of holes in that pipe, uh, what happens is what is inside the intestines leaks out into the bloodstream. And, and that could be food particles that leak out into the bloodstream. And your immune system would see that as being bad. An invader would start attacking that. And that's actually how most food sensitivities develop. And that farther down that pipeline, once food actually becomes uh, poop, that those toxins can leak out into the bloodstream too and just um, put more of a toxic load on your liver and uh, makes it just harder for everything everything to work. Um, a lot of inflammation gets generated from that. So your question was, what if you have a leaky gut and you don't know about it and you never do anything about it? And I guess that I think I think what would happen is just you're just a ticking time bomb because at some point you will start having symptoms and most people they ignore the small symptoms because they just think, Oh, that's just nothing, I'll let that go away. But smaller symptoms will become bigger symptoms and so if if we just think first off about just plain old irritation within the intestines, you know, that could possibly put you at more risk for something like colon cancer. In leaky gut, if it goes left untreated, we absolutely know that there's a definite correlation between leaky gut and people developing autoimmune diseases later in life. Yeah. And and definitely there's a correlation too with, I mentioned it earlier that if we don't have enough good bacteria living in the intestines and too much bad bacteria, we can have hormonal imbalances. And by far the, the patients that I've had in my office that have had the worst hormone imbalances have also had the worst gut health. Mm, and, yeah, I agree with that. And that could be fertility problems. That could be just years and years of painful periods, a terrible PMS. Uh, PCOS, lots of different hormonal problems, I find actually originate in the gut. And a lot of that ends up being leaky gut. You know, it's amazing. So I that, that I, yeah, just to jump in, sorry to interrupt, but it's just amazing to me how lately in my practice, it's almost like we're getting patients pregnant left and right. And we're not even trying to do that. I mean, I, my main focus really is, you know, hormones and gut. But with these patients in particular, so much of what we've been doing is working in the gut. You know, it's treating their, their bacteria, their parasites, their candida, I mean, whatever's going on, really healing up the lining, taking out foods that are aggravating them. And it's just, it's the coolest thing that's been happening lately. We had one patient um, get pregnant at 46, wasn't even trying to get pregnant. <laughs> she thought she was going through menopause, and it turns out she's pregnant. Um, another patient of ours, she hasn't had a period in four years, and she's all of a sudden pregnant. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's so cool. It's like without even focusing on that necessarily, I, I really I really do see that clinically, that you treat the gut and, and fertility does really improve. Absolutely. And uh, when, you went, when you were going to school and I was going to school, a big part of naturopathic philosophy is that uh, health and disease both start in the gut. Yeah. And so in order to get you healthy again, a lot of that is focusing on the gut. 
Mm-hmm. So, as you said, you know, we're very fortunate that we have these great stories that we can tell of 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 women who get pregnant, who have been trying for years, of women who are going through hormonal hell and everything is back in balance. And I mean, we don't want to leave the guys out um <laughs> because we we help men also, but a lot of it uh, a lot of it stems from gut health and and it's hard for people to wrap their heads around it that are not, you know, practicing in our field, but it it actually could be that simple. Mhm. Yeah. Not easy, but it's simple, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I you and I are both all about food as medicine. I already know that without even having a conversation about it. So let's jump jump into diet a bit and and the the role with let's say food allergies with mood. So what what kind of connections there with that with food allergies and, you know, anxiety, depression, how do, how are those things connected? Oh, I love that question. So one of the really interesting thing about uh food allergies, food sensitivities is that they are known as the great mimicker. So in your body, really a food allergy, food sensitivity, I'll just say food sensitivity, just just keep it simple. A food sensitivity can create any symptom in your body. So let's say, for example, I could line up 10 people and let's say all 10 of them have a sensitivity to eggs. Well, one might eat that egg and uh, start feeling uh, joint pain and like arthritis. And the second person in line, they they might eat eggs and feel migraines. And the third person in line, they might eat the eggs and feel like uh, uh, bloating and gas. And the fourth person, they might eat the eggs and feel depressed. And the fifth person might feel anxiety. Like from head to toe, any symptom of your body could be from food sensitivities, including mood swings, anxiety, depression, even panic attacks. Wow. Isn't that crazy, just that biochemical individuality? Absolutely, and that's that's one of the that's one of the reasons why we as naturopathic doctors, we we're so good at what we do because we're we're always trying to find the root cause. Mm-hmm. And so we have to think, okay, so even with Anxiety and depression, okay, so we already talked about, well, it could be an imbalance of bacteria in the intestines that could be causing that. It could be a yeast or candida overgrowth that could be causing that. It could be food sensitivities that could be triggering that. There's there's many different things that can trigger anxiety and depression, but going along the the line of our of our uh, lecture tonight about the gut, those are different ways that gut health can impact our moods. Mm-hmm. Let's go into some good, you know, actionable things that people listening can can do. So, let's say someone listening they're, that they're dealing with depression. Um, what's one of the first things that you like? If this is your patient, what's one of the first things you would tell them to do right away? Or let's not even well as you guys probably have a lot more in the office you could do. But someone listening who maybe doesn't have a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, some of the things you could do, even if you don't have a doctor, is, uh, so you said it a little bit earlier, you said about letting your food be your medicine. And so um, one of the things you mentioned is about sugary foods. So definitely cutting out as much sugar as you can and 
cutting out the refined carbs, that in and of itself will really help. Eat, you know, eat more protein in your diet, eat more fresh vegetables, uh, lots of raw and lots of cooked vegetables. All of those things will help. So um, let your food be your medicine is always a good tool. And if you if you suspect you have food sensitivities, you know, an easy thing that a lot of the listeners could do, well, it's not really easy. It's easy for me to say, but it's not easy to implement, but uh, would be, in a, you know, to try an elimination diet where you would eat a very clean diet for two or three weeks and then slowly introduce foods that you think might be triggering your symptoms to see if you can figure out if you have any food sensitivities. What and that's actually... foods that you would say to cut out? Some of the... Some of the more common triggers, so I mentioned eggs in my example. That's one of them. Uh, uh, Wheat, yeast, uh, dairy, uh, sugar, uh, soy, um, corn, and I think the other one is uh, citrus. I think those are considered the top um, food allergies, food sensitivities to, to look for. I mean... The reality is you could have a sensitivity to anything. I actually had a patient uh, last year who she was having tremendous abdominal pain um, for four years, every day for four years. Like I can't believe the amount of pain this woman went through. And she had seen the specialists. She had seen the gastroenterologist. She had seen the uh, gynecologist. And they could not figure out what was causing her pain. And I put her on a simple elimination diet, and she was able to figure out that she was reacting to coconut. Mm, wow. And now coconut is, well, right now it's like considered a superfood. Right. So many people are eating coconut oil and coconut butter and coconut milk and coconut water. But she was able to figure out that she was reacting to coconut. She removed it from her diet, and from that day forward, no more pain at all. Amazing. So you could have a sensitivity literally to anything, even the most healthy foods, but a good place to start is that list that I rattled off earlier of the most common food sensitivities. So so that's one step. And then um, along the line of letting your food be your medicine too, you know, we talked a lot about probiotics, but what we didn't talk about was uh, prebiotics. So that's the food that we that the friendly bacteria eat to stay alive and build a community within our intestines. And and so foods that have fiber are really good uh, prebiotic foods. So um, again, fruits and vegetables, uh, psyllium and flax. Um, a banana every day, an apple every day. These are simple things that we can be doing to help get more prebiotics into our body so that we can feed those uh, good-friendly mm-hmm. bacteria. We know that banana can also help to boost your serotonin. Also, figs is another one, and cashews, if, if you're not sensitive to that. So these are some foods that can help to boost that. Um, you know, I think adding in protein super important. I, I can't tell you how many times... I just balance the patient's, you know, blood sugar and their anxiety goes away. It's like start the day with protein. Absolutely, yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh, now I'm not waking up, you know, feeling like I want to go back to sleep because I can't even handle how stressful the day seems. It's just it's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. All and right. Then and then along the lines of uh, food also, we can think about eating foods that naturally have probiotics in them. So we talked about yogurt. Yogurt is not really the greatest, but you could have uh, kefir or kefir, depending on how you pronounce it, which is a fermented dairy product and is very alive with probiotics. And then there's things like uh, kimchi or um, fermented uh, sauerkraut, uh, miso. There's there's all kinds of ways that you can ferment foods at home, too. So you don't necessarily have to buy these things at the store. You could do a simple Internet search, lots of YouTube videos out there, lots of information out there free on how to do, um, how to make your own fermented foods at home so that you're getting more friendly bacteria within your diet. Mm-hmm. Yes, food as medicine. All right, cool, Doc. Any other uh, ideas for, for listeners to have? I know we talked about that mainly for depression. Um, any other ideas for having good gut health? So we talk about diet, probiotics, um, any other little pearls? Well, I, I guess... <laughs> I guess a lot of it really boils down to the basic things, what you eat, what you drink, you know, make sure that you're drinking uh, uh, good water every day, uh, enough water that you're hydrated, stay away from alcohol and caffeine and sugary drinks, that kind of a thing. So what you eat, what you drink, um, getting good sleep. So we touched on that a little bit earlier. Um, Getting your vitamin R, which I like to refer to Mm -hmm. as recreation and relaxation mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> and the last one is exercise so uh, a lot of getting your health back and being healthy really boils down to those five basic things so I think for the listeners out there a lot of them know where they need to work on a little bit harder and to just put one foot in front of the other and just take it step-by-step making small improvements on a daily basis can help your health immensely. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No matter how sick my patients are, we always start with those basic pieces, and oftentimes we don't need to use the big guns. So very, very powerful stuff. Dr. Carey, do you have any... um Anything coming up for you you want to promote? Um, where can our listeners learn more about you and stay up with what you're what, what you're up to? Well, I, I've got a lot of websites going on. I've got my private practice. I've got my book website. But I guess the best place to find me is at drcarry.com, and that's spelled D-R-C-A-R-R-I.com. And that's kind of my home base. That's where I have my podcast and my blog posts. And pretty soon I'll be having uh, Dr. Carrie TV. Awesome. Uh, I'll have that posted there too. And then uh, we'll be coming out. You mentioned it at the top of the show. My my newest program is for um, entrepreneurial fatigue, how to fuel your brain and body for entrepreneurial success. So I'm working on that right now. So hopefully that's out there within the next month. That is so needed. I know business owners are just the most fatigued of all of us so really yeah you know i think i think small business owners and entrepreneurs they're really the backbone of our economy whether we're talking about the u.s economy or the canadian economy the really the world economy is driven by small business owners and entrepreneurs so if we can give you the edge uh to have more energy to make better decisions to have uh, more creative problem solving to 
to invent a new invention that's going to change the world, uh, that's basically what my program is about, how to fuel your brain and body for entrepreneurial success. Yeah, and you got to put on your 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 mask first before helping someone else, right? So you got to do that self care. <laughs> yes, I like how you said that. <laughs> well, Doc, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun, and um, best of luck with everything you're up to. And um, go and get some good sleep. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Lauren. So good to have you. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning into the show. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Just implement one or two things we talked about, you know. It's, it's easy to get overwhelmed with information, but I think the most important thing is finding one or two things that really resonate with you and implement that first. Then you can add in something else, you know, the next week and the following week. It's just slow and steady changes. That is what over time makes the biggest results, the biggest differences. So I encourage you guys just to make your health a priority and Really give yourself that self-love, and that's really what it's all about, so you can fulfill on what it is in the world that you're passionate about what you really want to do. So lots of love for all of you. I love you so, so much, and um, come back and check us out soon. Please share the, the show with friends and family, and please write me a, um, a review on iTunes. I'd love to read that. I read all of them. So love you guys. Take care. Have a great week. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.